0: Parents at the most recent Lee County School Board meeting raised concerns about a flyer distributed in school restrooms that permits students to choose their restroom based on their gender identity. When the public square has been given over to its sinful desires, how does a Christian stand for truth? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. Truth. On today's episode, I am joined by Lisa Kleinman, head of school at Southwest Florida Christian Academy and Pastor Russell Howard at McGregor Baptist Church, both here in Fort Myers, Florida. And thank you so much for coming, both of you. I am very excited. I asked you both to answer this question for some specific reasons. I don't know if... You're aware, but um, Mrs. Kleinman, who I, for the form, well, informality of this of the show, will be calling Lisa, even though it's very uncomfortable, because she has
1: a first
0: name. <laughs> she does have a first name. Hey,
1: actually, Lisa isn't even it. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, Elizabeth. Yes. Okay.
0: But Lisa, I did not know that. Fact. Is it spelled like with an S? L I S A.
2: Wow. S A, not Z A. Correct. Okay.
1: Call me Liz.
0: Noted.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Did you see how much she
0: means
1: that? Yeah. All right. This is a beautiful name. (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyways, to your story.
0: My, my story is I graduated high school from SFCA where you are the head of school and I now work. And so it, as your, I don't know what, what do I call it? As your supervisee, as, as a teacher under your supervision, (laughs) <laughs> Correct. I feel I still feel awkward because I was your former student and I I don't know just calling you by your first name and the same thing for you because you're my former bible well former bible bible teacher and current pastor yeah. I don't know it's just first names are ako taco for me
2: well I've no I have no <laughs> difficulty whatsoever calling you Chloe just yeah. on the record you know? okay yeah <laughs> I've well you that for a very long time and I shall continue to
0: do so well yeah miss whammer a little awkward but my yeah. my Unless you're
2: a 10th grader <laughs> this is true about right if you're a 10th grader
0: yeah <laughs> um but for the purpose of this question i have heard lisa speak about um speaking in the public square a lot because working in a christian school there's a lot that you have to deal with in terms of like the media and um just even encouraging teachers to share the gospel in their classrooms because it's we we don't want to take advantage of that opportunity here at a Christian school. Um, but then Pastor Howard, this oh sorry I'm already doing it, Russell. Oh, so <laughs> you can weird. do this. You got this. It's it's a it's a story that I have from when I was your student. I remember you said that you hate roller coasters?
2: I do. Mm. Right?
0: Anything with adrenaline.
2: Yeah. Adrenaline <laughs> yeah. is toxic. It's to be avoided. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you said what will give you adrenaline is if you go down to Coconut Point mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you share the gospel there, mm-hmm. and that gets and your adrenaline you don't
2: adrenaline even have to going. wait in line mm-hmm. ex- or pay a hundred bucks <laughs> exactly. to get in. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: But I just thought about how when we think of the public square, it's, kind of, it's the place where um, it's kind of like the hot spot for advancement where people are talking about higher education where they're talking about um yeah. science or um art you know the things where we we, we go to, the place where we go where things are most appreciated and so i thought coconut point i mean fort myers that's like one of the the most public places you can be kind of ish we're not that big of a city i guess um, but if we think of like ancient greece the the people would go to the center of the city right and they would discuss higher education. They would discuss art and how just being smart was the, the thing, you know, that's when people were really valuing what they knew. Um, and they were starting to challenge the, the idea that they came from a God. And so that being said, Pastor... Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to be able to do this. Russell, can you please...
2: You, you, my sister can call me anything that makes yes. you comfortable. You're not going to bother me.
0: I just... No, it's just normal I'll call, you,
2: I'll call you Teacher Chloe. Oh, my so goodness. So you can call me Pastor Russell.
0: Well, that's better than Rabbi, I guess. Yeah. We're talking teacher. <laughs> um, if you could just share with me um, what that would have looked like for Paul going yeah. into the public square.
2: Yeah. And 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 I think, um, you know, the... the the very most classic example of that mm-hmm. is is uh, Athens in Acts seventeen. Yeah, um, a lot of the times the, the 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 most of the Pauline narrative we've got is in the book of Acts. Right, we've got a ton of his letters that he wrote, but in terms of getting to sort of sit in the bleachers and watch him do his thing, most of that happens in the book of Acts. And a lot of his preaching and teaching in the book of Acts is. Um, inside sort of religious gathering synagogue type settings. Mm-hmm. He does not often in the book of Acts, actually literally address the public square. but in Athens he does. Athens was a city that that um, the, the whole the whole vibe in the city was philosophical uh, constructs. That's what Athens that's what the Athenians existed to do. And when Paul had begun to evangelize in Athens, the Athenians chose to recast, or, or at least they perceived what he was doing was advocating philosophies they had never heard, Yeah. Um, and introducing even foreign gods. You know, the the um, when he spoke of Jesus and the resurrection, they heard Iesu Anastasia, which resurrection Anastasia is a female name in in Greek. So he thought this is the new deity pair. This is Zeus and Athena all over again. Mm-hmm. And so they they basically subpoenaed him. They dragged him in. To a setting, the the Areopagus, which is kind of geographically up above the the marketplace of the city, on the side of the Acropolis. Actually, yeah. uh, you and I have been there. We hope we to have. take students there one day. But yeah. the um, uh, the notion was, Paul build a philosophical defense for your position, and in in a large part, that's sort of what the culture asks of us today when they address us at all. Yeah. How how can you defend? Your position, which what little we understand of it seems to us to be driven driven by hate or bigotry or whatever the insult <clears throat> du jour is. Yeah. Um, now it's interesting that Paul um, politely but pointedly and purposefully turned that conversation into an evangelistic challenge, um, which would probably be one of the main theses I, I'd want to I'd want to be clear about. I think. Uh, there's a big part of our responsibility as followers of Christ um, that is a subset, uh, Lisa, of, of the responsibility of an educational institution in, in prepping a K through 12. Um, they, they're not incompatible, but they're not exactly the same, if that's a fair statement. But to encounter the culture for us must always mean at, at its heart evangelistically. They may think they're debating philosophies with us, but our response, uh, we're not here to make them better informed about Christianity. We're here to challenge them about their need for a savior. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And that uh, is is where Paul ends up. He he takes that theoretical, philosophical conversation the Athenians thought they wanted to have, and and uh, turns it into a in God now demands all people everywhere repent, yeah um, and you know he he encountered the same responses that we will he respond he got some polite aloofness, uh, some outright rejection, and some people got saved, so
0: yeah, ecclesiologically and educationally they're going to uh-huh. be completely different approaches um, or the I'm sorry the the same goal is there to share the gospel mm-hmm. or to defend your own faith, not just to share the gospel, but to even yeah. just protect your own heart and your own mind and mm-hmm. the things that come at you. Um, but educationally too, it's important to teach younger generations to defend their faith and to, to not be afraid to go into those situations that have those uh, reject rejections from people and not feel like you, your faith is being sh- shook because they maybe combat you or maybe you don't know an answer to a question that they have or right. Right. they just make you feel like you are rejected, exactly that, I don't know. So um, my question though is not everyone works in church ministry like you. Right. And there are many Christians who are caught in the web of these lies, like with what happened at the school, the school board meeting, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So what do you offer Pastor Howard to someone who works in the public square, um, who doesn't necessarily feel like they have the right to speak freely, like yeah. a teacher um, who is in a situation where they don't feel like they can share the gospel with their student um, or if their school maybe is supporting transgenderism and they're kind of caught in the middle of that, maybe um, even an artist who is like not fully believing in the meaning of their work like this is kind of this could go either yeah, way how yeah, would yeah. you offer advice to somebody in that position well I'm,
2: I'm going to start sort of at the extreme end of an answer and work my way back okay um you have to entertain the theoretical possibility that you've got no business working in that arena you know if if i was offered and suppose for a moment that i'm not engaged in vocational church work i'm a i'm a chemist and I'm offered a really good job at a at a you know Christian friendly meth lab. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to decline that because because at some point I've got no business participating in that enterprise. Period. Yeah. The the um, strategic reason for existing of that enterprise is incompatible with my faith. <laughs> and i've got i've got to know enough about what i believe now that's i deliberately of course designed that case to be one that would just fall right off the cliff Mm -hmm. Uh, most of life um, is a matter of navigating what is the the intersection set between my vocational calling and i believe vocational calling is the is, is way bigger than being called of God to work at churches. I believe a, a, a very proficient plumber who loves Jesus is living out a vocational calling to make water move where it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, the relationship between my vocational calling and my faith in Christ and my compulsion to live out and express that faith is something that Christians have to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I think... We, we are culturally moving past the point now where the easy and cheap, well, you know, I have to keep my job. Uh, I think at some point we need to start asking ourselves, you know, do you?
0: Yeah, right.
2: Do you? When, when workplaces are, in fact, like the meth lab, uh, where my workplace exists around values and objectives, that strain my capacity to see compatibility with my faith. Um, Surprise, surprise. Christianity down the years has cost people their heads. It might cost you your gig.
0: Yeah, and oftentimes turning a blind eye to everything that's going on is just, that's you contributing to the problem.
2: Sure, sure. Um, If you are that, you are the salt that's lost its savor. And, you know, if I... uh, if I can't represent Christ in a given workplace, I can't be in that workplace because representing Christ is what I'm on earth to do. And the good news is there are tons of honorable industries and and enterprises, trades and and professions where where my uh, my Christian Christian faith is not, being you know, but suppose it's not that hard to imagine. I don't know I, I didn't research this, but i I could imagine uh, that there might be a state as soon as now that would say, you know if you're going to get me licensed to be an OBGYN in this state, you must perform abortions. Hmm. And I've gone to medical school and I'm an OBGYN, and this state requires that of me or they're going to yank my license. Well, I'm going to have to learn to be an ENT or I'm going to move to another state. Yeah. Uh, because I cannot, in good conscience, if I'm a follower of Christ, murder babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as, as the world gets darker, I think those questions are going to get, Christians are going to have to think more intentionally. Yeah. And that's just, and I'm talking too much, but that's just, that's just defensively. Let alone the the more offense, mm-hmm. you know, I am going to actively represent Christ. Yeah. And at some point I reject your gagging me in terms of my 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 conversations in the workplace. At some point if I can't talk about Jesus here at all it becomes a very real question, what am I doing here?
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening in the school system, uh, which is... uh, You
2: you said it, I didn't.
0: (laughs) Lisa, if you can uh, just give some context to what's going on in Lee County right Mm -hmm. now. Well, you know, we're talking now,
1: so before I even go into that, about um, Christians defending their faith or standing up for the gospel. And we have been so comfortable here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about professing your faith in a public square, and typically for Christians, and as we work with students, um, their first fear is rejection. I'm, I'm going to be rejected. And I don't think they've ever really had to grapple with moving from rejection to persecution hmm. in the true sense. And for the Christian teachers that are in public school, they have found ways. If they are true Christ followers, they have found ways to share the gospel. I've talked to a few um, just this Pray, week. And praise God it. for them. And praise God. And you know what? Um we need them. yeah, you know they it, typically, it's when a student approaches them for counseling, you know, and they can say, "Can I pray for you?" Um, you know, character lessons, ooching it in there. So and there are some very godly principles out there, yeah. that also give their staff more freedom. However, this new matter that we're dealing with, which has happened so quickly, and of which most were not even really aware of, is this new gender issue mm-hmm. and the policy that's been put in place in the Code of Conduct. And so um, it really came to light um, about a week, 10 days ago, I know there was some people talking you know, on Fox News, and Matt Caldwell was talking and posting things on his Facebook page and things like that. And it started to build up fire, and needless to say, people were reaching out to the school board, and the Lee County School Board had a meeting on Tuesday, which I wasn't able to attend, but I watched. Um, I heard it was quite well attended, uh, so much so that only 60 people got to speak, and they only got one minute in which to do it. And heaven forbid anyone clapped or anything, and then they went to recess. So it was it was a very tense meeting. And you know the the thing is is that this code of conduct takes um, the next level and really just kind of went from zero to hundred. And the fact that, in summary, say your five year old boy, a five year old boy male student comes to your class, and that day he decides that he's going to be female, that teacher would be required, and it is in there in writing, would be required to address that child by his chosen pronoun. Mm -hmm. So now he's not he, it's a she. And if that were happening, and he was identifying as the female gender from that point on, the teacher would then have to permit him to use the female restrooms. Now, the school board did say, well, you know, there are other accommodations for those students, but they're not mandated. If you read the the Code of Conduct, it says they can use, Mm -hmm. that boy can use the girl's restroom. The other thing is, is there is some verbiage in there that says that if this is going on, the child that boy would have to give permission to the teacher of whom he could, th- who they could share that information with. So in other words, the teachers are bound by not even being able to go to the parent necessarily mm. um, to say, hey, you know, this this is going on. Do you, are you aware of this? Unless that child gives the permission. Now we're talking five-year-olds. Five old. Now five-year-olds are talking 5 year olds now 5 year olds what I find completely fascinating is that in the twenty six years I've been in education, um, there's always been discussions of when to talk about issues of gender and and you know, marriage and sex and things like that. And, you know, it was always, you need to wait until you know middle school, fifth grade. It used to be high school, and it's been ooching and down, down, down. And part of that is because, well, the reason why it was that way in the beginning is because you can't handle those conversations. Your wiring isn't set up yet. I mean... Five-year-old boys are looking for toads and snakes. And, right.
2: You don't, need to, and, you don't need to force feed them the answers to questions they're not they're asking yet. They're not even yet. asking.
1: Yeah. yeah. So for this to become part of... The, now, it isn't in the curriculum. That's not allowed right now. But unfortunately, there's posters po- being posted in some schools that pretty much guide you through that and then start the discussion. So my heart breaks for those Christian teachers who now, where before they technically couldn't share their faith, but had ways to be a light um, Mm -hmm. in the lives of those children, could Personally, now be forced to go against their actual conviction hmm. and act upon it. Yeah. And some of these, some of these, I had a, I had a teacher mom call me. I don't know her. Call me yesterday and say, "What do I do? We don't know if there'll be punitive, you know, any kind of action. We don't know what this even looks like." And you know, my prayer is that um, the people would speak and there would be a change. That yeah. wouldn't even occur. Um, but yeah, how about, and let's look at the other side, being a godly family, raising your child in your home. They're going to church. They're, you're teaching them the gospel, and he comes home and says, wow, so mom, what does gender fluid mean? You know, why is my best friend now a girl? I mean, the, can you imagine sitting at the table? I've been a parent. I've raised a boy and a girl. And um, those conversations, you do have conversations, but they do not start in, in kindergarten. And it is a shame. And it's a shame that it's happened so quickly. Yeah. That's what's is—that's what's challenging.
0: Yeah. Uh, what encouragement do you both have for a parent who might be listening to this? not Not just the teachers, but a parent who's listening to this, knowing that they're sending their child to public school, and they are in that environment?
1: Well, first of all, I I don't think there is anything more valuable than a Christian education. Um, I mean, I know the sacrifice it takes. Um, we are blessed in the state of Florida that there's uh, um, vouchers for people that can't afford it, can mm-hmm. apply, and, and um, they can have access to Christian education. Um, even homeschooling even though I could never homeschool my own children but you know even that is an option I think honestly this is the time where you talk about being vocal and standing up for your child and and honestly I- Removing, (laughs) if if they can remove them, or at least be fighting it tooth and nail in the home and making sure they're hearing the gospel in the church. I mean, and praying a lot. I mean, because the world is the world, it's going to be there. They're Mm -hmm. going to be faced with things along and along. But um, if they aren't able to provide an alternative, to be extraordinarily involved in what they're receiving at the school level.
0: Yeah, and that's part. That's part of the family worship that goes on in the home. So if you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. and you haven't listened to parts one and two of the Talk Truth episodes, they're the most recent ones that we. You made
2: you made Ryan sound good.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, you know, Lisa, echo that for for all of of the the years of of my career we have always treaded very gingerly because we have, and it's true at McGregor today, tons of of people that are engaged in as parents or teachers or administrators in, in, in public school. Yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, opening fire on that has, has not heretofore been wise and it may not be wise today, but for me, the, the, the question first is, is there a point can we, can we agree that some theoretical point exists where a teacher has to engage, an administrator has to engage in civil disobedience, yeah. look the directive in the eye, and say, no, I will not do that. I'm not going to be clever about it. I'm not going to be sneaky about it. Mm-hmm. I am declining to participate in that yeah. directive.
0: Not standing up in the public square. Yeah, say yeah. Saying no. <laughs> yep.
2: and, at, yep. and at that point... Let the chips fall where they may. If if that point exists, yeah. now first, if your response is, well, that point doesn't exist, well, then you are a convictionless, which is not real compatible with a healthy profession of faith. If that point does exist, if we can agree that that point exists, if I were talking to a godly public school teacher or a God, I guess I am probably a godly public school administrator. I would say, all right, if you'll agree with me that that theoretical point exists, that point where you have to say, no, how will you know when you've reached it? Mm -hmm. Because it's not going to be packaged as a cataclysmic Mm -hmm. um, moment. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very frog in the kettle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it always, you know, if you'll remember all the way back to Bible class, when Satan comes at us, he comes at us reasonable. Yeah, he's, always, he's always He's mm-hmm. always the voice of reason. He's never the voice of confrontation. He's mm-hmm. better than that. So it's always, well, you do know that it's important that these children be treated with respect and yeah. politeness, as though your alternative is either let the boy in the girl's room or you're advocating beheading him. Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: even the garden, how he approaches Eve yeah, by saying,
2: now, come on, did God really, really is, God, is God really so stiff and inflexible that yeah. he would Plant this magnificent tree over there and then expect you to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Come on. And 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 I fear that the dynamic of, of a sort of that sort of ideological mm-hmm. um, seduction is, is in play here. And you're right. It came, wow, that came fast, but not that fast. Right. And and the incrementalism mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. once you have Accepted and normalized perversions like homosexuality, mm-hmm. um, transgenderism. See, I, I would argue that there's no such thing as a transgender human being. Yeah. They're only mutilated cross dressers. <laughs> and and and, and, he and uh, he You said it. You can't. You, can, well, you can't. You can't. You, know, wish, you yeah. can't wish into existence right. an ontological category that does not exist. Mm-hmm. Bruce Jenner is a guy. Who's chosen to have things hacked off and added on and change his name, but doesn't change the fact that there's Y chromosomes coursing through his bloodstream. Yeah, He's a guy. And, and but once you normalize, and by the way, to the degree you're shocked and offended by what I just said, they've got you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To the degree what I just mm-hmm. said is disagreeable, let alone offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got you. And once you start like the frog in the kettle and you're boiling up, boiling up, at some point, it's you know it's just reasonable to mm-hmm. let that five year old boy use the girl's room because today he's a girl. And the yeah. shocking cool. thing to me is why aren't the classical feminists <laughs> yeah. who have who have sought for decades yes. right. to carve out um, a, a legitimacy and an equality? For real women. Yeah.
0: Where's the equality in that? Where, where, <laughs> where are, are they? they? Where, where are, are they? they? Right when, when, mm-hmm.
2: when a high school junior athlete can compete yeah. uh, over in the girls division to get the trophies and scholarships that a real girl would win if that guy would stay out of the way. Why aren't why? Where's the hue and cry over? You know, this makes Title Nine meaningless, Lisa.
1: No, I know, and actually, I only see it being really fought in the athletic realm. I mean, that's where only that's the only area that people are going. Wait a minute, hold on a second, you know. But not in the others, which is so. Because that's another idol that we
0: have, though and they don't want that taken away. I
1: guess, yeah, but, but you know what? Here's the thing. What is also something that again you see and it's is disheartening, is how many Christians. Today, self-professing Christians have a bona fide secular worldview. Yeah, I mean, the last Barna study said about sixty-five percent. So that is a struggle, and I, that's part of convictional for me, and probably you know why you, you talk about you know being in a Christian school and the passion I have about it. Mm-hmm. Because you have the option. I mean, you have the opportunity as a teacher to share truth. Yeah, and I would say this year of any year, that battle for truth, whether it be the coronavirus, whether it be the Soji stuff, whether it be just Christians attacking Christians yeah. because they don't know biblical truth. They don't have a Christian worldview, a biblical I don't even say Christian worldview anymore. A biblical worldview. Yeah. A gospel centered worldview. Yeah. And unless you have that, you can't even begin to stand in the square. No, nope, I mean, you don't you don't even, you don't even have the knowledge to do it. And so Yes, this stuff has been kind of slow. It has been coming. I think right now it's just been this year has. um, It's. I said it's more. It's been like a like an earthquake shattering because it has definitely focused in on our children, in particular, Mm -hmm. our kids. and, and the impact we can have on their minds and their formation yeah. now. Yeah. And that's where you said some of the difference between the church and, and the school. You know, we want to see our students um, come to faith in Christ, but then we are equipping them to sure. go out and challenge yeah. this because they're going to be making the decisions that impact, frankly, I'm getting yeah. old. and They're going to be taking care of me one day. Yeah, yeah. and you, and, you <laughs> have the
2: opportunity to teach them the gospel implications of Euclidean geometry. Yes, on our, our side of the
1: what is Euclidean? No, <laughs>
2: On our side of things, we don't we don't often get people are going to gonna be going
1: looking up. What is that?
2: We don't often get to Euclidean geometry. No. Um, and, That's and, right. And again, for the for the parents with kiddos in that setting, yeah. it's 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 similar to the the teacher administrator who says, "All right, if there is a point where I have to say I'm not doing it, mm-hmm. um, how would you know that you're there?" And then for the parents of kiddos in that public school ecosystem, um, of, of which I am a product uh, Me too. a few years back. Yeah, you, you um, as well, for your younger grades, right? Yeah. Um, and then at what point do those parents say, all right, what what chunk of our income and lifestyle and I don't say this flippantly, and I realize I say this as a person who's, who's economically a bit privileged. And I, you know, I don't back away from that. God's been very, very, very kind to me. Um, but at what point do you as a family say, here are the tangible things that we will do without? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, there's help available, but it won't. nobody attends a private Christian school without pitching in to help pay for it, yeah. and it's not cheap. Uh, at, at what point is there a point where right. we would have to do that? Yeah, right. And if so, what's that point look like?
0: Yeah. It always makes me laugh when I hear the argument of a parent who says, um, I want my kid to go to public school so they can be the salt and light in their school. Because I think of my own students who are at a Christian school, and I think of even like the nihilist ideas that some of them carry into my Bible class. And I, I I have to get rid of it every day. You know what I mean? And I hear that, I hear the way they talk sometimes and I have to consistently correct and, and point to the gospel, you know? And I'm like, if that's what kids are struggling with, even, even all of us, we all struggle with sin, but to know that when your mind is still forming and you're still so impressionable to think that you're, child is going to be salt and light. I'm not saying that it isn't possible, but I'm saying in most cases, when you were spending 40 hours a week in a school, right. when you're, when a worldview is coming at you, right. you're going to be malleable to some effect to <clears throat> look like what they're, what you're teaching, what you, whoever you're being discipled quote unquote by. If
2: you, if you allow Caesar to educate your kiddos, don't be surprised when they come home Roman. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, that's a
0: good way to put it. I mean
2: that's just that's just the way it is. And and to say, well, I'm gonna send my my fourth grader into that arena so that he can he can become a lionized missionary with the courage and character of his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no. Yeah. No, that's not that's not that's not realistic or reasonable. And again, I I hurt for those families that literally have no other option. I hurt for those families that would give anything they have if they had it mm-hmm. to make public school. And I'm so blessed. At least every time you talk about the financial aid that's available mm-hmm. and the, and the flexibility that's there, but it cannot be made sacrifice free. It's going to cost Absolutely. you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the question is, again, is there a point where I can no longer dip my kids in this environment? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the of the direct frontal assault, yeah. um, you know we, we gave up the ground. It, it, it somewhere back there it became okay for the, my students to be, my, my kiddos to be exposed to evolution, um, and we didn't we didn't yank all our kids at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there, there are three, there's three progressive uh, steps in God giving a culture over in Romans one. Mm. And it starts with creation, mm. mm-hmm. and it goes through sexual immorality, mm-hmm. and it ends up with utter chaos where there are no meaningful conversations mm-hmm. about right and wrong. Yeah. And it's interesting watching the uh, wow. the culture in which we live wow. bump right down the exact Pauline yep. path. God gave them over, God gave them over, God wow. gave them over. Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a direct line, yeah. and here we are. And here that's are. His
0: wrath, just to send oh, yeah. us into our sin, like just like how Pharaoh hardened his own heart, Pharaoh hardened his own heart, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that's God giving him over into his own sinful desires. And, but it doesn't stop there, though, right? No, because... <laughs> no.
2: Uh, all, 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 all that says is that it's a burning building. Yeah. And the gospel is the means whereby we rescue people. from. Mm-hmm. It's not the means whereby we stop the building from burning. It is right. the yeah. means whereby we rescue right. as many as we can right. out of that burning Amen. building. Right. And maybe there's some role we can play in decelerating the fire. And I praise God for those Christians who, who stand up and engage and argue, mm-hmm. as long as they're not doing that instead of the gospel. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to up and say another name. One of the post-mortem criticisms that can be and has been leveled against Ravi Zacharias is his ministry was brilliant in apologetics, but weak in the gospel.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
2: He he was a brilliant apologist. He did not confront sin with the gospel of grace based on the work of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and now what he has been found to be has been well covered elsewhere. Our center is not apologetic. Our center is evangelistic.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they need to know the name of Jesus, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing.
2: We're not here to make the world a more righteous place to go yeah. to hell from.
0: <laughs> yeah, people are people will accept any way that you try to help them with their needs or socially, whatever it is. But if you say the name of Jesus, all of a sudden, whoa. You're a hate monger. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't know if
1: people realize that this is going on. This has been very public school centric, you know, the conversation. But these pressures are being applied to Christian institutions oh, and Christian sure. schools. And... You know, I don't think parents realize that um, these movements are out to get Christian schools, and Christian schools are facing decisions of whether or not they lose the limited funding they get, or they lose their accreditation, or they lose. You know, tax exempt status, or fill in the blank, mm-hmm. because they continue to take a stand for gospel truth and mm-hmm. won't adhere to this, and that is a battle that is quietly raging that people are not aware of as well.
2: And on the church that side we have too, to be ready for. Yeah, the church side too. The you know, why should we have the privilege of of owning hundred and fifty give or take uh, property tax free acres on Colonial Boulevard as we spew our hate
1: mm-hmm.
2: and our uh, our uh, anti this and anti that and anti the other message, um, we're not contributing to the public good. So why should we have the, the public benefit of not paying massive profit, let alone the, the income stream that mm-hmm. is also untaxed? How yeah. dare we? So um, all, all that stuff, it wouldn't be surprised uh, I would not be surprised to see all that yeah. uh, stripped away in my lifetime.
0: Well, uh, if the public square knew who defined good, then they probably would have different thoughts on that. A little bit. Um, so I'm just going to ask either of you if you have any closing thoughts to share, or any encouraging pieces for people who do work in the public square, um, and then we'll, we'll head out of here. This has been a really great mm. conversation.
1: Well, I think those folks need to know that they're prayed for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is—we all have kids. Well, most of us, <laughs> we have we have children, um, especially those that are in education. We yeah. share it is a ministry. I don't care if you're in public school or private. It is a calling to be a teacher. Um, to serve in an educational role, so there is a lot of prayer. There is, um, I just pray for courage. And again, if you're a Christ follower, you you know times are going to be challenging. We we you know that's never sugar coated in the mm-hmm. gospel, but we know but we know the end of the story. We know that at the end of the day, this is about eternity and yeah. and to fight. I, I just to be bold and. You know, they can do it in these other countries. They've been doing it years in China and stuff. And, and, and you know what? We're just going to have to be all, you know, we talk about the difference in going and doing it in your place of where you live and work versus going overseas or whatever. Well, the battle is now here. So let's go. Let's. Yeah. This yeah. is our mission field now. So mm-hmm. I would just encourage them to claim that as their mission field. And, and again, if it gets to the point where they are forced to do something that they are... You know, convictionally against, then have the boldness to know that. They can step out, and God will provide. I think as Christians, we forget. We get so caught up in fear. You know, we're just and we forget. Wait, wait. God, God, God knew this was going to happen before I was even born. He created me. He knew (laughs) this was going to happen. And I always love talking about. You know, if He cares for the birds, you know, and and provides for them, surely He's going to take care of your needs. And we 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 cling to what we know and the comfort. And sometimes, if you just let go and follow. Him fully in, in your walk, it's amazing how God will show up and, yeah. and just circle you with everything you need. So, I guess that would be my encouragement and challenge, but also just to let them know we're all in it together.
2: Yeah, all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do is oh so reasonably kneel and worship the statue in the mm-hmm. oh so reasonable mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar gave them multiple chances mm-hmm. to do so. And if you read that, Account for the book of Daniel. He's 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 sweet. He's clear. He's he's calm, and he's also reasonable. It's not a big thing. He's asking just mm-hmm. dismiss your monotheism and and worship the statue of me, and we'll be fine. This doesn't have to be ugly or mm-hmm. confrontational or weird.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but they wouldn't, and uh, and that could have ended badly for them in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, Somehow, uh, Chloe, in in 21st century North America, we've we've drunk some Kool Aid that says that those kinds of moments hmm. are are absolutely relegated to the there and then. Mm-hmm. That those those literal sorts of moments mm-hmm. could never be here and now. No, they are, here. and I th- I think they're upon us. Oh, at yeah. least um, they have rushed toward us over the horizon mm-hmm. in all of the settings where all of us serve our our Lord. But he is king of kings and lord of lords, mm-hmm. and he is going to come back, and he is going to make it right.
0: He's worth losing your job for. You him. know, he's the
2: rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah. And uh, so that.
0: Yeah. 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 The it's Like you said before, you can't really say Christian anymore. You have to say biblical. The biblical Christian has to understand that Christ has not called us to a life that does not require sacrifice. And if that mm-hmm. is money to send your kids to Christian school or um homeschooling even though you want to pull your hair out or whatever it is or um or changing taking time. or changing
2: fields if, yeah, I'm, a, changing if I'm a fifty fields. year old with no kids. Yep. But I find that that doing what I spent my whole life getting good at <laughs> yeah. is is no longer possible because you know early early in my career in the mid eighties, I had a young man come to me uh who was working at a gas station and he and he said our our gas station has has evolved into a more of a a convenience store and we're selling porn and beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't do that. Yeah. So I mean there there here was a, a kid who said I can't be a part he was a young 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 adult. This kid is a little insulting. But he was a young adult who said, For me, I've just hit a convictional hardwire that I won't cross. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, mm, that's stinking admirable. Yeah. Um, harder when you're further along in life and you're that OBGYN that won't do abortions or that um, professor who won't
0: hmm.
2: uh, teach a curriculum that is that is based in lies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, thank you both so much for joining Talk me to- today on Talk Truth. I Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. I'm always encouraged by you. Privileged to be here so to our listeners thank you for spending your time with us if you haven't yet connected with us online check us out on instagram facebook and youtube and be sure to check out our other mcgregor podcast channels just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details we would love to hear from you write us a review however you are listening listening to this thank you for listening and remember to talk truth